I'm very happy to be here today and to share. And my hope is that you get something that you can take away. And I am dying to speak with each of you later one-on-one to answer more questions. As Jim said, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our knowledge transfer journey that we took within the organization. And to tell you a little bit about the organization. Uh, let me see, my clicker's not working. Try it again. Oh, there we go. I work for a company called Ecolab. It's a chemical company and a science company and a service company. We have a lot of scientists. As you can see by looking at this, uh, we're a pretty big company. We're global, probably like many of your organizations, 48,000 employees. And what we do is we make chemicals for oil and gas, which is the division that I'm in, NACO Champion. We make chemicals for institutions, for hospitals, for food and beverage companies. And after today, when you go somewhere and use a hand sanitizer, you'll probably notice that it says Ecolab on the hand sanitizer. We make a lot of things to make the world cleaner and safer and to make water reuse a reality. We had a challenge within the organization that I want to share with you because it may be a challenge that you faced Maybe you found a solution. Could be that you're still facing the challenge, and maybe what I say here will help you. We had, just because of our organizational design, silos and barriers. We produce chemicals. Scientists do that. But they don't go out and work with customers and sell them every day. It was actually our field employees who did that. And those individuals are not necessarily chemists. They might be really good at building customer relationships. They might know a lot about business and management, but they don't know chemistry. And we had this this divide between them that was not intentional, but it was a reality that the two could not connect. The scientists were in a lab working in an office environment, and the field people were dispersed. And especially in the energy um, division, they're in remote locations where the oil and gas is, and they didn't always have a way to connect with a local office and somebody who could help them get their jobs done. When a customer had a problem, they didn't even know who to go to. They could send an email asking for help, and as you can imagine, it took a while to even find out who had the answer. Sometimes we also had the situation where we were reinventing the wheel because we didn't know about a solution that had already been created in one region that another region could take advantage of. We don't create commodity products, so our chemicals are custom-made to meet the need of a customer. And we could have had a scientist in one region who had patented something and created something really great that we could have used in in a different location. And we didn't know that. We had to figure out a way to help them connect despite this this organizational structure and this barrier that we had. We took a leap to collaborate. Fortunately, we had technology on our side. We were living in a global world, right? So not just working in your local team, but people working with people who are in other countries, other time zones. We had the internet, so we had an interconnected world and a way for people to connect with each other in a way that they never had. And we had a world that was more and more social. If you think about what you see with Facebook, with Twitter, with LinkedIn, people can connect with people that they've never even met in person. And that wasn't always the case when we started doing the work that we do. I worked in the uh, energy services division, and before becoming part of Ecolab, we were actually a privately owned company. That company had been owned by one family for over 60 years and gotten to the point where we had 3,000 people in that division. 
it was mom and pop still, despite the fact that it was 3,000 people. Every group really kind of worked the way that they needed to work region by region. And we had to find a way to connect people to leverage best practices to do that faster so that we can stay competitive. The way that they, we did that was to take social concepts and employ them organizationally in a way for social learning. So we thought about this way to connect people and collaborate in a way that was business-focused only, and we built an environment that allowed us to do that. That environment had a discussion board feature to it, which allowed people to ask a question, just like you might do on Reddit or uh, Quora or any sort of uh, social app that you can think of, but around your business need. And when you did that, an alert went out to other people who were part of that same network so that they can respond and help you. So if I'm dealing with a customer issue, we have hundreds of products, but I'm not a chemist. I can say, hey, I'm on customer site. Here's the issue that I'm facing. We have corrosion in this pipe. Who's faced this before and what product might help? And immediately, other people could see that and respond. And that was not possible before because you didn't know who to go to. You would just send an email. That email would get forwarded to somebody else and hope that you got the help that you needed. And at the same time, if you were the expert, eventually you were getting all of those requests for help and you were overloaded. The people who you had mentored and helped throughout the decades had answers too, but nobody knew to go to them. Now we could reduce the burden on those subject matter experts because I can ask my question. That subject matter expert doesn't have to be the only one to address it because other people do know stuff. We just didn't know who they were. And the person who needed the information was able to get it and learn and take it back to the customer so that we could stay competitive. We did this with a very strong governance model and a business focus. We don't have any networks that are social. They all focus on our business needs, and they all have a business case tied to them. And the way that we did this was with very discrete roles and responsibilities, even down to behavioral characteristics that would make somebody suitable to serve in one of these roles. These roles were not full-time roles. People did this in addition to the job that they had, but it actually was just an incremental part of their job. And the reason why is that we found people who already had something to do with this line of work. It was in the flow of how they naturally worked anyway. What we would do was start with a network sponsor. For us, this is somebody in our organization who has a director title or above. And the mindset here is that they're responsible for business goals for their group. We would sit down with them and talk about what they were trying to accomplish and what were their barriers to reaching those goals. And how can you work through people to get those goals accomplished? And with that in mind, we would put together an actual charter document saying, here are your challenges, here's the solution to those challenges, and here's the value proposition that we believe this will deliver. That was really, really powerful because that sponsor now had a way to push communications out through this network and to hear what people globally were saying and what they were facing. They weren't just sitting in a corporate office anymore thinking that they knew the challenges. They could see from the discussions and the questions that were coming in what the real needs and the trends were, and they could then also intentionally seed information through this network. So it was a two-way channel. People could ask for help, but in addition to asking for help, we would seed a discussion around a topic that we wanted to get a conversation started about. Right. So if we know that, hey, we have a gap in knowledge around this topic, Somebody intentionally asked the question from our group so that we can see who knows something and surface that information. So the network sponsor role was really critical. We would then identify somebody to be the network manager, and day to day what they were responsible for is making sure that that network delivered on what we put in that charter. So they're monitoring the network activity, they're looking at the daily alerts, and they're making sure that people get responses in a timely manner. 
They do this along with a network leader. That person's helping put up announcements on the network. If we just won business in one region or we staved off a competitor from taking business, talk about what you did there, put up an announcement, put up a discussion that's an info-only discussion, saying, I just want to share information with you. I'm not looking for help. I don't have a question. I just want you to know something. So those, those two roles are very, very important. We, we really focused on speed to response. If somebody asks a question and they did not get a response within 24 hours, these folks were looking at it and pushing it out to subject matter experts. We have a tool built into the system that allowed them to do that. Subject matter experts are tagged based on their expertise areas. So if a question came in around hydrates and it sat out there for a day with no responses, they could say, send it to everybody who selected hydrates as their expertise area. And you didn't just self-select these expertise areas. We worked with the business to identify experts when we set up the network. So we reached out to managers. We reached out to people to say, who is it in our organization globally that does know information about this? Put them on the people page. Tag them as experts so everybody knows who they are. And tag their regions, too, so we know where they're located. And we also put a steering team in place for each network. Again, we look and we said, okay, if our office is here in Sugarland, that's great if the sponsor is there and the network manager and leader are there, but we want you to connect globally. Who else works in this space in the company who may not be sitting here with you? Do you talk to them today? Most of the time they were not already talking. What we asked them to do was start having a call once a month to talk about business. Don't talk about this network, talk about business. People from my team sit on those calls as coaches to listen to what they're talking about, and we advise them on knowledge sharing practices. We say, hey, what you just said was really, really good. That should be an announcement. Or this, this, this issue that you're facing around this new product that you're testing, have you thought about posting a question on the network around it? So we would just really um, kind of coach them on behavioral practices to help them engage globally through the network. So we looked at business goals. We tied those to network goals. And we saw that we were able to deliver value. We did a lot of things to promote this. And it, it is the sort of thing that you have to promote because it's a change in behavior. It's very easy for people to say, I'm just going to send an email or I'll pick up the phone and I'll call the person that I always call and they'll help me out. We were trying to make a shift here. Don't do it that way. Instead, think about doing it this new way. To do that, we started promoting this during recruiting efforts. When we went out to universities, we would talk about this. And we would talk about this to millennials because they got it. They were happy to come work at a place where we said, we can connect you with experts. We can fast track the way you learn because you will have access to subject matter experts who've been with us for many years, right? You don't have to wait until you go to a training class. You can connect with your peers. You can connect with people who are not your peers. And you can also give back. They love that. We create early awareness with new hires. Everybody who goes through new hire onboarding, they learn about this system. And they also get signed up to two networks that we have, the safety network, because for us, safety culture is important for everybody. And we have a network called Employee Essentials, where we just talk about general things that can benefit anyone in the organization. So we automatically sign you up, and you get a welcome email saying, welcome to the core safety network, and you can begin to participate. In formal training classes, we direct people to these networks for post-training continuous learning. If you took a class around hydrates, that's great. How are you going to learn now when you face a real issue? The training class is going to teach you the concepts that you need, what it's about, right? But in the real world, you're going to face some challenges. How do you connect afterwards? So at the end of those training classes, we just put in templates that said, continue your learning by now joining the whatever network, and we redirect people. The network managers and leaders and members of those steering teams have performance goals tied to what they do on the network. 
And we gave them easy copy and paste goals so they didn't really have to think about it. And we also give them user metrics to see how their network's doing and how they are participating in the value that their network is delivering. And we also have a global recognition program, not around user metrics and how many times you post it. Well, that's one component for some people because some subject matter experts actually did have goals to pass on their knowledge before they retire, right? But primarily we looked at behaviors. Who's leading in the behavioral way that we want to recognize so that we can stand that up as an example? Here's the value that we saw. We actually have a process to document success stories, and there are two ways that we identify these. Anybody who comes to one of these networks, in any discussion thread, there's a little icon that they can select that says submit success story. If they think that it was a success or somebody contributed something that really helped them, they can let us know. We get it in our inbox and we follow up. The other way is that those network managers and leaders have a process that they use called value capture. And we gave them four categories to look at when capturing value. Again, for us, safety is important, so we look at that. We look at a revenue gain, we look at a cost savings, and we look at process improvements. So when they see discussions on their network that are related to any of those four items, again, they forward it to our team. Fortunately, we have a communications person on our team, not just for this, but for my bigger team, and they do the follow-up. They go back and talk to the original poster, the person who asked the question, because they know more than anybody how it helped them when they got replies. We go and we talk with them. We say, what was the backstory? What led you here? What had you tried before you came? And what did you do with those responses that you got? And how did it help you? And we write up a human interest story. We don't write about the network, we write about that person. We profile that person, we profile their team, we profile the work that they do for the organization, and we profile how, through virtual collaboration, they were able to have a success. And to date, we've seen over 1.7 million in revenue gains. We've saved our customers $12 million because we were able to come in and provide a solution, preventing shutdowns and process failures and we've had internal process improvements. These are just a few examples of actual quotes from some of the stories that we had where you can see here, sales rep won new business and saved a customer from a shutdown. And in this quote he says, solving this issue for my customer was clear evidence that technical expertise and knowledge sharing is key to our success. It was a powerful differentiator. And I wanna say something about that. We coached our sales teams to say, share this with your customers, let them know that you're doing this and it has worked. They've come back and said, when they're in customer meetings and they're talking about a challenge, customers say to them, can you get on that knowledge sharing site and ask somebody about this? They want them to go and post about it. So our customers cannot get on here, but our sales reps can post on behalf of them. And you see posts where they say, I'm sitting with a customer now in Angola and here's the issue that I'm facing. And an alert comes out and people can help. So this has truly been a game changer for us. This is the journey that we're on. We started with troubleshooting, questions and people coming in with rapid answers. We graduated to intentionally posting things to educate other people. And then we started having learning events. Our networks, after they've been a network for a couple of years, they've been established, they start having an event where they bring in a speaker, they publicize it on the network with announcements, with an informational only discussion, they have, a, a, say, a WebEx, a webinar event, they record it, and they post that recording in the library of their network so that people can access it. And this has been a cost savings for us. If we have somebody come in and speak about green chemistries and 223 people join that WebEx, what would that have cost us in training, in food, in, in travel for people to come in and sit in that training session? We then started capturing the knowledge, content generation. 
we have those discussion threads, take the best of what's in those discussion threads and create a lessons learned document, a best practice document. Tag it with the taxonomy that we have for that network and put it in the library. And now we're on the, the last leg here of innovation and ideation. When we started this, we started just within the energy services division, which was great. But the word got out and other divisions wanted to participate. So we now have two networks that are cross-divisional. Everybody in the, the, the company can participate. One of those, which is really great, is in our RD&E area. Anybody who works in research, they're all part of a network now. So people who are in energy can talk to people who are in our institutional division and leverage some new product that was made or a new chemistry. And before, they were never doing that. Even if you were talking to people regionally, uh, outside of regional lines, you were doing it within your division. Now they're talking beyond divisions. So that's my presentation. Um, I hope you have something that you can take away. And again, I look forward to talking with you guys later.